Today we are going to talk about increasing our revenue through product sales while providing excellent service to our customers as well as staying true to our brand and building a business that is uh, relating to what we want to do. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Sidekick Success. This is episode number 25. We are happy to be sponsored today by Best Martial Arts, a.k.a. Mudo USA. And you can check those guys out online at sangmusa.com. Absolutely. Finding your yourself and your identity and making sure that everything that you do that aligns with that vision is so important. And I think, um, I think we've all been guilty in the past of trying to create revenue streams where they shouldn't exist by nickel and diming people. Uh, and it's definitely something that I feel like needs to, needs to be thrown away if that's part of your business model. I right there with you. I, yeah, it's tough. So today we got a couple of easy items that I think are things that we can keep in our revenue stream system while not feeling like or making our customers not feel like it is a uh, a nightmare of never-ending charges that come to us. Um, let's talk about the, the first one that I know I do here uh, for, for my school versus, but maybe, maybe you don't, is an introductory package that includes things that the students will need in the classroom as they embark on their Taekwondo journey. What are your thoughts on intro packages? Uh so I guess we could maybe do what I do and then, or talk about what I do and then you talk about what you do. So what I do is we don't charge for anything. The only thing we charge for are the, is the tuition. Mm -hmm. Let me take that back. We, what we don't charge for is the belt and uniform. That's okay. free. That comes along with the uh, enrollment and joining our school. But then if they do want to get a t-shirt, which is $25, then they can get that. But everything is usually included uh, in the intro process. Okay. So we do a little different. Uh, we have a package that's a, a paid package that is part of what our students buy when they get started. It includes a kicking paddle and a backpack and a uniform and their curriculum. And we would use those items in the classroom and it gives them something that they can practice at home. And we give them tips and drills on how to be able to practice the skills that they're learning. So it becomes part of the environment and kind of builds up towards that future that we're looking for. I kind of like that idea. I might steal that. Actually, do you charge extra for that? Yes. And? It's on... Wait, I'm sorry. Which part? For that whole... Yes, that is on top of their their tuition as they what get is started. That? What is the... How much does it cost? It's $100. Okay. And that probably just covers the it's cost a, of all of it? A little bit less than covers the cost of it all. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's a little... The total is less than what I'm charging, obviously. Sure. Not the opposite. I like um, the idea of... of of uh, throwing in a paddle, I think that's important. Uh, but I always, I always teeter back and forth between: Do you just give people things without uh, understanding or knowing that they see it as value? Right. So for us, we use the kicking paddles in classes, and we use them in a, a variety of different ways, and we feel like that's important. And then in the in the future, we also include the backpack in that sales process because we actually remove it from our sparring gear package, but we increase the, the value of our sparring gear package later. So that's actually less costs on the sparring gear package, but we're making more revenue. 
Okay. If that makes sense. So we just yeah. kind of remove those things. But again, the sparring gear paddle, um, most of the times you go to a camp or a clinic or something along those lines, you need two of them. So it also creates that opportunity for another additional uh, sale on our end because we want our students to ultimately have two of them. But, you know, they get started with one and like um, you said, increase that value. I think so it just depends on what your culture is and what your focus is and what you're specializing in. Mm-hmm. I can see that definitely making sense with what you do. And it's not, we, we definitely use panels almost every class, but it's, I don't know. I just have to think about it. Is that going to be of value before they even start their training? Yeah. And, and you're, you're spot on. Now, I guess the, the trick to that is giving them something that they take home and they can be excited about um, right from the get go. Now the, the parents are like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, the kids see it right from the beginning. Like you said, the instructors have a paddle. Now they've got one and, and they start using them. Like you said, in class every single day. So they know what that's for and the, the parents can easily see what we're using it for as well. Do they bring them? Yes. Bring them to class. That's why we give them a backpack. Uh, they come in with their paddle every single class. Yeah. They're supposed wow. to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like Where if you had gear in their cubby. So you have to have a lot of cubbies. Yeah, I got a lot of cubbies. Yeah. Definitely got a lot of cubbies. Um, but so intro packages is one way that you could increase some revenue if you, and you have two options here. Option one, like you say, you include everything in what they're doing. That increases the value of the membership itself. If you increase the value of the membership, you're increasing your revenue stream. That's one option. The other option there, obviously, is creating a secondary sales process through the membership signup. And then that's where you get your package. Those are two revenue streams that you could increase uh, right away. And neither one of those pathways really sacrifice your overall brand or culture. So let's talk about what I've heard about, and I'm not a hundred percent on this, but other organizations, I'm not going to name names, but they basically will, uh, require their students to buy like a weapon every belt oh gosh I, yeah. you know like a katana i'm not katana but the <laughs> what are those little things that like nunchucks no not nunchucks comma. it's like no a way you go out and sickle. almost like a sickle <laughs> yeah like the mini the, those are comma. commas those are commas uh, so you have to buy those that are like wrapped in sticker that is like sparkly like you have to have that uh and then you have all this other these other weapons that are required with each belt um what do you think about charging or making a student buy something every bell? Okay. This is, this is a, an interesting struggle because one of the things we said right from the get-go is staying true to your core values and making sure that it benefits your product. If you are taking students to those kinds of events and your goal is to make them performance-based martial arts right. where they do weapons and, and that's who you're looking for, then it maybe it makes some sense for them to have to have that. But the, the logic behind it might say, if they don't want to have that, they're in the wrong place. So you'd be surrounding yourself with the people that either agree that they need to have it or mm. they don't. Mm-hmm. All right. So if that's your martial art, then awesome. If you do the same kind of martial arts as I do, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I do sport Taekwondo and on the weekends you don't do bow staff. Like right. that's not the, that's not the transition. Um, I, I will preface that, I guess 
post preface. <laughs> we have had weapons classes in doing that, but almost like a, a camp opportunity where the kids get to experience a little different aspect mm. of martial arts and it's kind of fun and it's optional and it's for, for their edification just to be able to do the same kinds of things that I did growing up. We had some nunchuck classes, eight week <laughs> sessions and, and other kinds of things that I think just expand upon the value of martial arts. I don't love that for my ultimate purpose. But I do think that there are people that need to have more experience in what, what traditional martial arts and what other martial arts have. So I, I, do, I do have some of that. But from the standpoint of trying to sell somebody something at every single belt or trying to make them mandatory purchases, I think that that is definitely taking away from the ultimate goal of making great students. I think that your, your goal looks like, from, from my angle, it looks like your goal is to create revenue and not to create better, better customers. Yeah, and I think it really just comes down to being authentic mm-hmm. and being real. So I think everybody knows deep down what's real and what's not, even from the business owner in regards of what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to say that you do. Uh, and for us especially, I can I can say that in the last couple of years, we, I've personally found a confidence where I know that if you are part of our program, then your child is definitely going to improve and become a better person. Mm-hmm. Like when I first started, I didn't really know that, right? Because you just do what you do, teach them some, you know, some taekwondo or martial arts or whatever you teach them, and then you're hoping that it it changes them. But then now, after going through eleven years of owning a school, and then actually twelve years, and then teaching. I know it works because of the results. I've seen so many students that come through and just have those transformations, but just knowing also it takes time and then telling your customers that. And that's, that's actually you sort of pairing back everything that you do to a more concise vision of what you're wanting and creating that consistent, but realistic and, or maybe realistic is the wrong word, but authentic program. And I think that that's where there's a difference between a school who is trying to add in weapons for the purpose of making more money or taking out weapons because it's not where they want to go. Sure. And I think that that would be a huge distinguishing mark for, for our listeners out there. If they are thinking about that, you take out weapons to increase the value of what it is that you truly want to do, or you put in weapons and you sell weapons because it is what you want to do. And you got to try to maybe yeah. kind of juggle those two things. I just, I honestly, I just get so irritated. Maybe not irritating. It's not even worth my time of, of feeling anything about it, but I just don't understand so many things we see out there with maybe other people doing what we do of, of trying to coach and guide other martial arts school schools and the owners where this all about, Increase your revenue doing this. Increase your revenue doing that. You know, put on a weapons camp, and then you're going to make X amount of dollars. Oh. It's like everything is so dollar-focused. Right. Like, what can I do now to increase my revenue now? But instead, I think this is so wrong because you should be focusing on what can I do to provide more value in my business. That's Because if the value is there, then they're going to pay, and they're going to buy it, and they're going to 
you know, they're going to be all in and you don't have to beg them to buy stuff. What's the quote that we just heard the other day was, uh, don't step over a dollar to pick up a nickel. Right. right. That's <laughs> like right. That. It's yeah, but that's exactly the way I know you all, be of, running a business. all of the club owners <clears throat> out there have been getting emails, getting, um, marketing on Facebook, all kinds of stuff about download this such and such program and you can increase your summer camps to a hundred thousand dollars this summer. Right. And all the, all the, it's, it's neat. It's, it's true. I mean, it definitely can work for you. It's get 100 people to come to this camp at $200 yeah. a person. And then right. you fill up these things and that's, that's a hundred grand. And the math is absolutely perfect. But if that's not what you do, then you're trying to add this other thing, then it's actually decreasing your overall value. And that shrinks up, what you're wanting and that that creates a problem yeah i don't like it it's just uh here's the thing it's just, there's a place for everything everything and if that floats your boat then kudos to you but if you for want me, that revolving right, clientele it just doesn't it yeah. doesn't match with who i am it doesn't match with what i'm trying to do and it's not doesn't match with my vision mm -hmm. and my business and it just i, I don't know i just I don't, I don't understand it honestly i get sick of it because I know out there, there are these innocent customers and parents who are just trying to give their, their children a good experience in martial arts, but then they don't do the research and they just take them down the street to, you know, any martial arts school that's in that little tiny, um, 1500 square foot space and they're nickeling and diming them. And they're not really like, they're not authentic and they're not genuine. And I, I hate that feeling because it's not fair to them because they don't know any different. I, uh, I have a good friend of mine, actually, you know, Justin and his son wanted to do martial arts. And so they went to the one that's closest to their house. They came over and checked out my program, but we live 45 minutes right. away from them. They're not driving all the way over here. Um, but they, they went to the local place and he enjoyed it and he gets up the first couple of belts and then it's time for their renewal. So they do like their first intro six month membership. Maybe it's a hundred bucks a month or something along those lines. And then they, they bring them in. It's time for your consult, your, you know, whatever parent teacher meeting. And, sure. and um, the price doubles. They want them to, to sign up for the three year membership. They want a da, 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 bait and switch, right. sort of kind of a bait and switch, but really it's the, here's the next portion of the program. Mm -hmm. And you didn't know that the first portion of the program, but meanwhile, son's, hooked on hooked on martial arts and now dad's like what do i do here i mean can we it, it just comes down to like would you want that done to you right even Most, further and the people doing this like they would hate that yeah so how are you doing that to somebody else i don't understand that yeah and i guess you know the problem that i have with club owners and i've had this conversation a couple of times a couple of different ways where what you just said about how could you do that to somebody else my question is maybe in that case, are you helping them find a place that fits for them? Or are you, after they're done with you, you want them to be done with martial arts? Because for me personally, sure. as like, if I had a student who was, you know, Hey, I really want to do a bunch of weapons and I want to be on Paul Mitchell on ESPN 72 and, and be able to break a bunch of bricks and do this right. kind of thing. Then I might be like, you know what? There's a, I know a school. You, yeah. need to, you need to go over to yeah. this other place. Well, it just comes down to being a good person and just do what's right. Right. And that's that's probably the struggle that I have most with a bunch of martial arts school owners is they don't want to reallocate their students because that what you said, they're all about the dollar. Yeah. I get that. Yep. But if you've got a student that truly wants something, then you become the block in the road to getting them what they want. Yeah. So if you don't want to help them get to that space, 
then I feel obligated to help them get to a place where they can succeed. Sure. So getting back to um, the topic, topic here, that's sure. we always go and off. we're off and we're back actually. So <laughs> the the next thing is, um, I guess, sparring gear or even um, like t-shirts and uniforms. I, I don't do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I would like to just because I get demand. Yep. And I like I wear this every day. All my staff for the most part does, mm-hmm. and a lot of parents just want it. Yep. Uh, it's just it's just difficult because I wear, and I'll admit it. I'm man. I'm man enough to admit it. I wear all Lululemon, so I don't base your opinions on that. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of Nike, but you just don't. You don't can't get the margins. Yeah. So it's it's just difficult. It. Yeah, it's sure. difficult to sell it. Uh, but I definitely think that if you're going to do T-shirts, you should do it right. Do a quality. Yeah, I do. Quality. All of ours are dry, are dry fit. So all of ours, like we don't sell the, that that cheap fifty fifty cotton polyester blend crap that the neck hole will stretch out like after four classes because the kid keeps the student just keeps tugging on it and then boom your logo's right there and then you got this like bite marks Saggy. on the bottom of oh, your gosh. of the t-shirt and then it gets all dirty and and stained because you know it's just that fabric that that absorbs everything yeah so my point is is if you're gonna if you're gonna do it then do it right and do the research and find like find the best option that's going to represent your brand. And mm. if 50 50 is your brand, then kudos to you. So I guess there, there's a couple of different ways to look at this. So you, you mentioned sparring gear and we kind of already talked a little bit about, um, necessary classroom items. So that's an easy, that's an easy sell. Just recently we had, um, a client that was talking about their whole program bought sparring gear. Cause there was some interest in their whole program following along with the methodology increases sales at, <coughs> um, excuse me. <coughs> And then gives them the opportunity to see some increase in, in revenue, but also at the same time, staying true to their values and doing what it is that they want to do to be successful. Then you kind of switch into product sales, talking about t-shirts and things like this and branding becomes something huge. If you sell cheap junk, then you probably will be perceived as being cheap. Also, if your facility is cheap, Mm -hmm. then it, it gives you a really hard time to maximize revenue on memberships and tuitions. If you, everything else that you do is from the dollar store. Right. And so I definitely agree with you on trying to make sure that you have quality products, um, and different price points, different price points, because you, you do have some customers with some small children that don't want to spend the $45 on a t-shirt, but they do want to get some stuff. Right. So you got to, you got to kind of balance it out a little bit, but making sure that the price points are there for you in order for everything to mirror your brand. You don't see a whole bunch of cheap junk over at the Apple store. Mm-hmm. There's nothing cheap there. Like no. if you're going there, you're getting this, but you expect that kind of quality. And I feel yep. like for everybody out there, again, as we talk about any product sale period and whether it's the stuff that you're giving away at your intro, the gear that you're selling on the floor, the t-shirts that you're selling in your pro shop, all of those things should mirror the same quality that you're wanting throughout the whole program. And as long as you keep with that first, surrounding yourself with people that are like you, making sure that everything is consistent, then you end up with a good a good mix of product for yourself. Agreed. And if we're talking about sparring gear, one of the things that we've discussed in the past is uh, if you're in Taekwondo, then you understand what I'm talking about, like cloth versus vinyl. And I think you guys use cloth still. The uh, intro intro level yeah. kids. Yeah, but you guys do a lot more focused sparring stuff than we do. But um, like I just did away with cloth cloth because I just didn't 
like the look of it. I didn't like that you can't brand it. First mm-hmm. of, that's the second thing. And then lastly, it just stinks because it absorbs the sweat. You know, stinky sweat and bacteria. So we went straight vinyl, which does cost more. It mm-hmm. definitely does. And we're probably going to be making less money on it. But I just feel like that's the better quality option that's going to match our culture and brand. Yeah. And I, I can't disagree with you there. I think that what you, what you talked about is definitely a, um, best case for the customer. It's a win-win because you get a better look and you also get more, um, the customer feels happier about their product as well versus those cloth pull on gears, the pull cloth stuff takes more time, all of that. And yeah, I'm basically another one too. right here, you know, talking myself in like, why am I, why do I have that? Yeah. But and it is, I think it also, you should, what we're, I think what we're just really trying to say is if you're going to get, uh, if you're going to introduce products, whether it's new or you have a current line of it, just use some thought, like put some thought behind it. Definitely. Think what about What would you it. want and right. why do you want it? Right. If you're like, why wear the $200 yeah. uniform? If you're going to sell, you like yeah. if you're going to sell crap to your customers, then, then it should be crap that you would also buy. Right. Not because it's yours, but you would just buy the, that, that thing. Absolutely. That's, that's a weird, that's a weird designation. Now that I think about it, as you talk about surrounding yourself with the customers that you would like mm-hmm. and you sell your customers cheap junk. So are the customers that you want cheap junk collectors? Right. And then you say, well, that's, I wouldn't wear that, but that's what I give them. Well, what are you trying to treat them like? Yeah. That's just interesting. Yeah. Right. From the, right. That's from such the a, jump. you know, so funny is that's kind of a, I don't want to go down this path too deep, but, uh, like a old master approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, you get the worst bag, a giant, <laughs> the one that the company the, mislogoed, right. Or the one with a giant USA flag on it. Hey, tangent, tangent alert. Yeah. Whatever belt that we have back there that fits the person, <laughs> regardless. Of. It doesn't matter if it's like hanging all the way down to their ankles and yeah. then they come back like two, two weeks later. You're like, why does the end of your belt have dirt on it? Well, I was outside and it was dragging on the floor in the mud. It's just whatever you got. Oh gosh. Those, those are the it's days. Just those little things that kind of, matter really to uh the experience that your your customers are receiving mm-hmm. even giving them the right belt yeah and here's one like when you order them a black belt and they told you the the size that's too small and when you tie it on it looks like a bow tie instead of a like a belt yep so then like what do you do do you charge them and say hey i have to buy you a new one mm-hmm. you, no, char- you, you definitely you I charge don't. them 15 times right. extra I don't. because you have to do i'm just totally messing yeah. with it's you. our like even it's our fault it's we just, should follow up with that as school owners we've got to take ownership of this we had the right. same conversation even yep. today is you know do you do you charge them for rarely do you innocent. charge them unless all you i can't think of a reason i, I don't like if if, if, if what a mistake if, was made then you rarely are going to charge them. What does Starbucks do when they mess up your drink? They just remake it. They just make it. But you those are, one. yeah, well, that's. But it's good customer service. Correct. And it's, it's, but we're talking like pennies on the dollar on that. But of course, but the philosophy is right. the underlying thing there. What we were talking about, talking about before is like breaking a window or breaking a mirror. Yeah. You know, it's just. So it's, it's different. If they're not a customer and then they're coming in to break into your store, then yeah, you're paying for that. Yeah, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> All right, so uh, branded items. You brought that up. You talked about branding, sparring gear. I'm not yeah. sure that, I guess I'm always a little bit at a loss because I see a lot of people that don't brand any of their stuff and I wonder why. Do you think that everybody knows that branding your equipment is an option? No, I think that's right on point. Just lack of, of knowledge on that. Um, 
here's another here's another one. Well, do you think they have pride in their logo? Uh, that I I live in mine. That's how much pride I have with it. I love uh, my logo. Yeah. Special thanks to right. Lion Tribe, Tribe Creative. Creative hashtag. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you you need to have pride in your brand, and I think a lot of people don't. Right. So if they if you don't, you don't want to say to them, "What are you doing about it? Are you just going to continue on?" Well, <laughs> gosh. So with all of the the dragons and tigers and and bears out there on the backs of people's uniforms, I think under most instances people feel like I have to have a logo. Right. Not that I'm creating a brand. Yeah. And I think that's probably the difference in why they don't, why they don't brand their things is that that brand isn't really anything. I mean, did, did, no offense to anybody out there, but if you if you've got the tiger, this one on the back of your <laughs> uniform, and it's out there. Hold on. It's yeah, that's it. That's the pose. That's the one. If you've got that on the back, is that what resin? Like, do you yeah. you love that? I know. If, if you love it. Then good. Go with it. Right. Put that tiger but everywhere. There are a lot of tigers. And I just got to feel put that, that. Put that tiger on your pants and <laughs> on the on your shirt. Embrace and, it. Yeah. Embrace, embrace that it. tiger. But man, I tell you, I think that's, if you need branding help, contact this guy over here and, and we'll work on some marketing material for you. It'll be, it'll be much better. Or find somebody for goodness sakes. Like find, here's, they have this, uh, they have this thing. Actually, probably multiple sites now where they have this crowdsourcing freelancer.com yeah, type stuff. Like, yeah. like I had a logo uh, designed because I just wanted to see what they would come up with. And they did, like, actually, they did Lion Tribes. I had to hate to admit it. And I feel bad because we do that, but <laughs> I hired somebody else. Every, everything this, that I've known. from Dr. Heal Thyself. This, this, <laughs> this goes from Turkey. Like she's doing work from Turkey. And I didn't spend much at all on it. Right. And she did an outstanding job. And I think I had like 15 re- revisions on it. Yeah. And she just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. Which one did, um, did you do? I don't want to, I don't want to get into it too much, but they, there's a couple of different ones where you can do like a group where you can put a project yeah, yeah, out a and bid on it. Okay. It there you go. Yeah. That's right. what I was looking and for. And I picked her cause she kind of, um, provided the logo that I was looking for or my idea was, uh, and it's, and I, I could have done it. It's just. I wanted time to try it. or money it's time. Yeah. And the, the, what I paid for it is, is basically minimal. very minimal and it's not what I'd pay myself right. for. So, so that's a, that's a great exercise. And one of the things that we're getting ready to do with one of our upcoming programs that you guys will be hearing about shortly is the, the get to know yourself phase of your company. And I think that if one of those tasks that we would give you is create your own logo kind of a like you said earlier a um avatar of what you want to become yeah, what you right, want to be right and that is a is definitely a huge a huge benefit for you understanding yourself and i think that people don't spend enough time doing that when they put their logo on their back yeah so all right last one in is uh upgraded items and like you said already from the get-go you do um the vinyl vinyl sparring gear yeah and so that's that is the upgraded item um, yeah, so what, what we do is um, the real, the first big thing that they'll purchase is sparring gear, mm-hmm. and that happens at Greenbelt, so about nine months nine months into the program. Um, and I, for me, it's, I'm not going to sell you something unless you're going to use it. Mm-hmm. So part of the curriculum is they have to have a certain number of sparring classes before they become the next belt, so they need to have gear, which then allows them to kick each other without getting hurt. So 
it's a real thing. They they need it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's branded. Has everything we need. It comes with everything. And then after that, the next purchase would be uh, when they become the belt right before black, because then they start training with the black belts and they get boxing gloves and mitts. And again, they need this because part of our curriculum requires them to be able to um, punch, but also hold for our boxing combinations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So if you kind of hear what I'm talking about, it's all going back to, is it curriculum related? Because if it's curriculum related, just like in school, you need your textbooks. Yeah, I don't want to buy them, but how else am I going to do the class? And it's the same thing with what we have. And that's really all we have. I mean, the only other thing is we do have weapons. Uh, granted, I'm I don't teach it, and it's um, optional, right? It, it's very optional. Yeah. It's it's honestly just totally for fun, and it's be, it's become pretty popular. And I have a uh, an instructor who's really good at teaching it. But that's something else they would buy. But I'm talking it's like twenty five bucks or something. It's very nominal, mm-hmm. and again, it's not required. Right. So. To kind of wrap this up for today, I think one of the the major underlying themes of things that we always talk about are your customers and their happiness of focus in what you're doing. Don't try to create an environment where they feel like they are um, forced into everything that you're doing, Um, making sure that things are laid out clear for them and expectations are being met using the items that you're selling in class is always amazing. I mean, if, if you have to have it, you have to have it. It makes sense. You don't play soccer without a ball or shin guards and cleats. Right, right. You know, it's, those are just items that are part of the sport. And so if you're teaching a martial art and you need those things for, for the purpose of that martial art, Hey, then more power to you. The branding opportunity gives you some, some ability to be able to get yourself out there in another way. I think that's always huge for people. And it's something that is overlooked a lot of times. And, uh, I think from the standpoint of putting on your logo on apparel and whatnot, if you're proud of your brand, then you get out in the community and you're wearing that shirt and you're wearing that, um, that logo in front of everybody and your students are doing the same thing. Then that increases the quality of your product and helps you get more customers or at least get you more, uh, views if you will. Yep. Um, the only thing I would like to add, last thing I'll add is if you're going to, uh, if you're going to add, um, offer products, then it's very important that you you put conscious thought behind it first and really think about it and don't just half half fast it and just find the cheapest item and then expect people to buy it. Mm. So once you do make that decision, you have to then look and see what is selling and what's not. And if something's not selling, then you have to really ask yourself, why is it not selling? Would you wear it? So if you're, for example, trying to get parents to wear shirts, and they're not buying it, then, well, why? Why are they not buying it? Well, maybe because it's just cheap and they, it's not something that they would be proud wearing. So then you have to go back to the drawing board and figure out what would they wear mm-hmm. and start asking them, like, do you like this? Do you like that? Um, and we actually have our own our own um, press, heat press, where we do all of our shirts ourselves, which saves a ton of money. I highly recommend it. But we also allow uh, parents to bring in their own shirts and then we put our logo on it. Oh, wow. So it takes out the, the um, headache and um, risk of keeping inventory that doesn't sell. So right. they, you know, and we do it free. I don't, like for me, it's just like free advertising. But, and I'm honestly honored that they would wear our logo. Right. So, uh, and lastly, if you wouldn't wear your logo yourself in public, that's a huge problem. Right. I wear it all the time. And I'm telling you, I get tons of people looking at it. No, and it bring and it and it really sparks conversations. Or a lot of times, it'll be like, oh, I know where that is, right? You know, whatever. 
but it also comes back to, to your personal branding, which I think is very important. That's spot on. So guys, that is a wrap for episode number 25, talking about increasing revenue through your product sales and making sure at the same time that you are sticking to those core values and truly benefiting your customers. Uh, look forward to seeing a couple of new updates from us this week, and uh, we'll look forward to talking with you next time. See you next time.